right, folks, welcome back to another glorious episode of the Boombastic Cast. Now, this is a very special episode for two reasons. Um, one, the return of Alexander Hawk from Texasville, USA, um, shooting Devil's Night. Fantastic film. We're talking Daniel Baldwin, Kevin Sorbo, Angie Everhart. Eric Roberts, you know, Eric Roberts ain't no stranger to the Boombastic Boys, no Surrey Bob. I think this is probably the third or fourth time uh, we've had an outing with Eric Roberts, if I remember correctly. Yeah, this one is solely you this time around, but we've all worked with him uh, on more than one occasion. Yeah, and um, it's unfortunately, I, I do have the, the bad luck of uh, not having a scene with Eric Roberts. That's horrifying. Uh, I, I didn't. I didn't get a, a scene, but I, I well, I saw him in passing, and um, but I did get to work with Angie Everhart, Kevin Sorbo, and I did get to see Daniel Baldwin when he uh, arrived to set. So, and also, it was a great experience. It's definitely a lot of fun. Um, I know people always say, so when is the movies coming out? Well, you can't 100% know because not only do you have to edit it, then you have to send it to a distributor. And you know how distributors are. They take the time right. uh, to release anything. But uh, the hope is 2023, most likely 2024. Can't wait till it's out. I had a lot of fun on set. And I loved working with Angie Everhart. She is She's great. That's all I have to say on that. Hawkman's killing it. Now, Angie Everhart worked in a film called Blunt Movie with our guest this evening, the great Bob Levy. Uh, stand-up comedian. You've probably seen this dude all over the place. You know, radio personality. Um, as a young child, I remember, you know, the Howard Stern show and Opie and Anthony, and he's still killing it. He's going on, you know, Andy, Andy Kumia's show uh present day you know him and Shuli from the stern show they got a little stuff going on um very cool you know i i kind of put this i put bob in the category with ralph sutton a little bit where we're diving into radio podcast people that we have nothing but gigantic respect for and um give gigantic kudos to so like i said uh the great bob levy on the show today we're gonna hear about the. Uh, we're gonna hear about some ass eating. You know what I mean, blue cheese style. We're gonna hear about you know some you know what it's like to work within the porno business. You know what I mean. We're gonna dab into some wrestling, which was very interesting. The fun fact, the most the funnest fact that I stumbled on that I had no idea about when doing some re- more research on Bob was the wrestling element of it. You know what I mean? Um, where he was heartbreaker, Bobby Slayer. You know what I mean? Um, and if I could go back in time, perhaps I would ask him where that name came from. I know that he was said he was going for kind of a uh, teaser, spoiler alert, a uh, uh, Shawn Michaelis type character. So that makes sense. You know what I mean? I wonder if he was a fan of the band Slayer, and that's how it worked in there. Um, and fun fact, Seasons of the Ab- in the Abyss, the Slayer album, showed up at my house today. Imagine that. The record, the record, man. Fuck. And with you have luck like that, you don't need anything else. 
And when you don't need anything else, you move forward. And when you move forward, you enter the episode with Bob Levy. So without any further ado, here we are. Bob Levy, welcome to the Boombasticast. Yo. Yo. What's up? What's going down, Bob? Nice to meet you, man. Nice, nice to, to meet you guys, man. So, um, you know, one thing that I thought was very, you know, for the folks, well, we'll get the, we already had the intro going, but for the folks uh, out there that don't know, I thought this was very interesting. You know, in the in your earlier years, uh, you got into some uh, semi-pro wrestling. Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, a lot of fun, man. It's crazy, but it's fun, you know? Heartbreaker. It was a heartbreaker. Yeah. Bobby Slayer, baby, yes. Uh, yeah. I got into that only because, uh, well, my neighbor was a professional wrestler, and he had a uh, a training place, the Monster Factory. Yeah. And then I ended up doing uh, Shane McMahon's bachelor party on a boat uh, with Jim Norton. And it's like they liked me there. But it was like, you know, it was uh, Pat Patterson who liked me, so he probably had different reasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, they said, just get, like Vince said, you need training, you know what I mean? Just in case, you know, if you get an audition or whatever, but nothing ever happened from it. But I, I did it for like three years. I had fun. It's, it's a lot of painful shit. People don't realize that it's, uh, it's fake, but it's real. I yeah. mean, I, I, I don't think I've been hurting any other sport like that, you know? Yeah, I was a big, I was like a child of the 80s and 90s, so WWF was pretty huge in my life, and mm-hmm. I, I went through that era of the backyard wrestling with, you know, the thumbtacks and the fluorescent bo- uh, fucking light bulbs and all oh, that yeah. bullshit, um, but yeah, that's, so were you, as a kid, were you a fan of wrestling, or just, Oh, yeah, you know? I yeah. mean, like, I, I lived, like, when I lived in Staten Island, like, we had the one house with my parents, and then it was like a father-daughter house. And then my grandparents lived in the place, you know, around the corner. They had an entrance there. And my grandfather loved wrestling. He used to just fucking go crazy. He was so pissed, like, when a match would not end at, like, fucking... It would start at midnight and then go to one. Yeah. And they'd be like, we'll be back next week. And he just start fucking, you know, cursing, fucking swinging his cane around. But, yeah, but he yeah. loved it. And you do like the the uh, high school wrestling shows and such like that that level? No, I never did that. You never know? did that level? No, I think that might have been a little gay, you know, at that point, <laughs> you know. Well, not wrestling, not like high school, high school, but like um, I know when I was a kid, we couldn't go to the big WWF events, but our, every like would have big the big stars come around with some jobbers to the old uh, oh like really? our high schools. So our high schools oh. is where we'd be able to go see them. Oh um, yeah, no, I never seen uh I never seen any of those. I remember uh, fucking I was devastated. I couldn't get in anywhere to see WrestleMania one. Yeah. And that devastated me. You know, it was like, fuck, because I watched it every week. I knew everything that was going on. You know, if you miss one, you miss one back then. You know, it wasn't like you could uh, uh, tape it, you know, whatever. It was like, you know, it was early before all this shit. Yeah. It was an amazing time. It made you want to be home. <laughs> yeah, for sure for sure yeah the uh i know you know crate you always hear that the locker room stories are just as crazy as you know and you know like the background back the green room of a comedy club and stuff like that you know what i mean yeah a lot of uh crossovers you did when you when you kind of started doing the comedy thing um did you did you notice any like big comparisons between the two businesses there 
Yeah, drugs and fucking alcohol <laughs> yeah. and fucking womenizing and uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, I mean, I was in comedy before that, you know, before I got into the wrestling. Right. But it, it was, uh, it, 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 it's cool. Like wrestling, you know, you have to. You have to trust the people you're working with. Otherwise, you can get really fucked up. You know, yeah. I've seen people fucking just laying there, you know, get pretty fucked up. And that was, uh, they kind of, that was it. You know, I think it was like, I think they paid like 4000 to get the training. I think that's what it was. Mm. But you'd learn, you know, people would learn right away. You know and I mean? I was 34 by the time, you know, I started. I was like a broken down Shawn Michaels by then. But uh, everybody else, you know, a lot of them were 18 and, you know, they had dreams. You know, I was just having fun, really. Yeah, it's a crazy business. You know, I had friends mm-hmm. that did the backyard wrestle and stuff. The two of them went off to go. They went to like Kolowski school out in, okay. we're in, the, we're in New England. Yeah. Out here and they uh they did a couple i know one of them got to wrestle the nasty boys that was like his uh his achievement i might have been brian Nobbs. i forget which one it was yeah. yeah yeah that's cool man like i got to see like i never wrestled anyone like that but i remember like uh balls mahoney did some shows with the wow. guy like he you get some of the guys come in uh i think shane douglas it was uh like he was amazing i thought you know the way he could take a bump like I'd never seen, you know, yeah. a back bump. It looked like it was like he was hitting water. It was just like so smooth. Yeah. Yeah. Rest in peace, Balls Mahoney. Mm-hmm. Shane Douglas, I think, still with us. I don't know. And, no? uh, I, who knows? You know what I mean? They fucking, they don't live long. You know what That's I mean? They're, crazy thing, they're yeah. like dogs, you know, they're like fucking dogs. They fucking live like a wrestling year. It's like, it, it's amazing. And we got to tour with comedy with the iron sheik which was yeah. funny and like it, he's a, he was a great guy you know he's cool as fuck you know but he couldn't move he couldn't you know if we had to walk up to the theater into the up steps and that to get up he couldn't do it so he sat we'd make him a, somewhere on the stage so they couldn't see him we got him beers and everything and he stayed there until he was able to go up but he was a lot of fun it was like just to hear his stories and just everything and hanging out with a legend like that in wrestling, you know, because he was the, he was, a, uh, the ultimate bad guy yeah. before Hogan be, you know, I mean, that, those were the days that was crazy. Yeah. People were mad in the audience. Like, you know, they, they couldn't go in like today, you know, you can go out, you know what I mean? Right. Then like you go out, you're going to get into a fight. Somebody's going to yeah. try to attack you, which is crazy to think about it. They try and kill you, like with a Freddie Blassie. Somebody stabbed them or something like that in the parking lot. Yeah, a lot of people got you know stabbed, fucking shit. Like a lot of the wrestlers were nuts anyway. You know what I mean? Like I, I seen a thing on uh, what was it, New Jack? You see that thing on New Jack? I'm sure you did. Yeah. Oh my god, this guy was fucking crazy. You know, and the shit that he threw that guy off the ring. Like he goes, yeah, I tried to kill him. You know, he's yeah. just trying to get even. It's just. uh it, it's insane, you know, what Don Morocco was it that got killed or somebody got killed he got, uh, by, by somebody, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's fucked up, you know, I'm sure the people were betting on that shit too, you know, yeah. and they're like, you better lose, you know, <laughs> I mean, imagine yeah. betting on wrestling, yeah. I mean, that's a fucking gambling problem, but <laughs> yeah. it was amazing, like, what do you guys think of the wrestling today, like, what, what compared to what it was, like, do you... I kind of think there's no storylines. It, it it happens too fast and it ends too fast without a reason. Yeah, I agree. 
I agree. It, it's just not like I can't get hooked on it anymore. You know, I can't. If it's on, I'll watch and go, okay. But like, what is it? AEW. Uh, the the matches that they do, they some people do like ten closing moves, and the people are still getting up, and it's like you can't. You know, that's too much. Right. And it's it's too much for me. I like when I watch it. I'm like, all right, this is just uh, you know, it, it it's way. And they miss a lot of moves. I noticed. You know, mm-hmm. they miss a lot more than uh, WWE do. Like you can watch AEW, you're gonna watch at least two big moves missed, totally missed every week. Yeah, I remember I went to a WWF taping maybe 15 years ago, mm-hmm. back when like Stone Cold was the big deal, and um, there was a gimmick where that he came out and he shot. I think it was when NWO first came over and he shot like a big net at him in the ring. And mm. I remember that they had to do it two or three times because it didn't work. And I remember yeah. just really the, the, the curtain being peeled back, being like, oh, this is like super duper. So what you see on TV is all cut down. You know, there could have been a major mishaps. Yeah, know? but they, they kind of go live now, which is like crazy, you know, yeah. totally like basically live, uh, maybe a few second delay, you know. They might have started that after Owen Hart, you know? Right. Because that was fucking brutal. That like, was, a, yeah. I don't I'm get supp- shit like that, you know? That's like, why do you need him to come down from there, you know? Well, they got their theories that Vinny was upset with the family and stuff like that and just wanted to kind of scare him a little bit or hassle him. I wasn't trying to kill him. That'd be a dark, <laughs> to find out that dark truth one day, that'd be kind of uh, crazy that it was, you know, <laughs> killed him off. But yeah, I think that the wrestling's changed. I think because of like you were saying with the how it's live, it's almost like you, it's everywhere now. We're back in the day, you know, like Hulk Hogan would tour for a year, like fighting with the Iron Sheik. Like they would be main event for like a whole year touring around. You'd have to kind of go and see it and keep up. And the TV shows would keep you kind of in the loop, but like yeah. you know, you're still kind of uh, distant. But nowadays, there's everything, especially with social media. Social yeah. media is probably horrible for those wrestlers too, because you can never really that gimmick that you know that bad guy gimmick that you would have to sell like Sheik would back in the day would they really hate him. You mm-hmm. can't really do that anymore. I don't think people. I think people are afraid to kind of be that hated. You know what I mean in a way because certain th- people will do crazy things. You know. Oh uh, yeah, it's a crazy world right now. You know, yeah. when people are fucking attacking comedians. You're like, what the fuck? You know, it's like. It's like, you know, but people are just fucked up now. Some people should have stayed in the house longer during COVID afterwards and <laughs> instead of coming out because they weren't ready, you know, and they're right. still not ready right now. But like for the, the wrestlers, I, I love that, like, you know, the, you know, the matches, you had to match down so well after, you know, a few weeks and then you're doing it the whole year, basically. And it, it was amazing. You know, it, it was like, I, it was weird to even like everybody was hooked on wrestling when they when they fought like uh Barry Horowitz like somebody came you knew that they were not going to win you knew it was going to end in like 2 3 minutes and you were still hooked in it but there was there was maybe one match that they showed that was two guys that you were like oh maybe this could happen or a tag team you know, that maybe somebody can beat them. But otherwise, you knew that these people weren't going to win. And it was still exciting back then because it was built up for uh, other stuff. Right. And the manager, what do you think? I think the managers back then 
made it when, you know, the women managers, you know what I mean? I didn't like it because, you know, you really can't, you, you like when Slick got caught, yeah. when he was running and he got caught, uh, or, or Blassie or uh, Albano, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's when the, the place went nuts. Yeah. But, you know, it's like a woman, like Miss Elizabeth was great only because it was Macho Man. Yeah. She was like, that, that changed the whole thing, you know, like that was like, I believe he came in 86, I believe, or somewhere right, right around it. Yeah. And it was just shocking. And the way everybody, like, I loved him right off the bat. I was like, this guy's fucking good, you know? Yeah. And the elbow take people out, the fucking yeah. elbow off the top rope. And you're like, that, like, you know, like a DDT, you know, you seen that back then. That was the end of the match. Now it's like the third move sometimes. And you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's like, it's, it's really too much. It's too, you know, you, you got, if you're going to make it real, you have to at least have, you know, I can see a full Nelson not taking anybody out. Like Billy Jack Haynes used to take people out with the full. I can't believe I still know these names. I like, you know, it's amazing, but that was the, that was your childhood, you know, and you like, you didn't really tell everybody you liked wrestling like right. that, but yeah. you would, when, when somebody else hinted, you would like, Hey, you like wrestling too, but then you yeah. can talk about it. You know, it was, it, it, it was just a, an amazing thing. And, you know, you see it live and you're like, okay, now you can see like anything on TV looks, you know, easier than this, like going to a hockey game. You you go to a hockey game, you're like, holy shit, look at these guys. You can see them, you hear the ice, you you hear everything, and it's different. And then you watch it on TV, and you're like, wow, this is, like, really amazing. So it's like if you see wrestling live, uh, it's amazing. And, and during, like, during COVID, when we weren't allowed to have anybody in the audience, that was the part I was like, I told my wife, I said, I have to watch this. She goes, what, why would you? I go, this is going to show you who's really good, who's really good on the mic, and who's really good in the ring. Because you are talking to nobody when you're wrestling, and you're yelling at nobody. You're yelling at a camera, and that's the shit that, you know, you were trained to do that, and that's where you're going to shine. That's where I'm sure... You know, I, I didn't watch it enough to know who was coming up then, but I guarantee the best people that were good at that shit really moved in the business at that time because that was your time to shine in front of nobody. Right. Yeah. It was de- definitely personalities. Now it's mm-hmm. more just bodies. Like whoever's in the, they, they, they got their characters and all that, but mm-hmm. there's nothing too crazy. Like that Bray Wyatt character was kind of refreshing. I remember yeah. not too long ago because he was, you know, mystique in the darkness. Like you take the Undertaker, who you mm-hmm. know you were afraid of the Undertaker. He demanded like respect, and yeah. like I think that's how you could really sell in the older time. That's how you could really sell somebody giving you a clothesline or a DDT and you being wiped out by it because yeah. you believed that persona so much that it was like, of course, it would wipe me out. You know. What yeah. I mean? Now, what happened to Bray Wyatt now? I, I they got, He got cut, right? Am I yeah. right about Yeah, something weird happened with him where he they, they cut him over, I think, creative differences or something weird. Uh, he he um he was doing weird video like they were they were for like his 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 gimmick deal. Mm-hmm. But like it was. uh yeah, they were like, I remember they, when he got when he got let go, people were talking about how they were kind of um 
you know, foreseeing the future a little bit, or they were like very wacky. But yeah, I don't know where he ended up. He he, he could go to one of the smaller places and probably kill. You know what I mean? Yeah, he'll make a lot of money there. But like to let him go, to me, he was one of the few that I did want to see. Yeah. You know, I loved like characters like that that you, you don't see them. It's like. You know, they come now, they're like, first they're happy, then they're bad guy. You know what I mean? They come mm. and they're jumping around, clapping. You know, they're like Tom Zink when he, you know, high-fiving everybody and, you know, all happy and jumping around. And yeah. But, you know, when they go bad, it's like, okay, sometimes it's not going to work. It worked with The Rock. I mean, The Rock came in, he, you know, he was like a total douchebag. Everybody yeah. hated him as a good guy. And then when he finally turned, it, it grew into something that was basically... You know, The Rock, uh, Stone Cold, like, that was when everybody liked the bad guy. And right. it was like, you can be a bad guy and still get love from the audience, which was something uh, rare. Right. And, and that all started it. And it, was, it was exciting. Uh, you know, it was like, then the, the tag team thing kind of fell apart after a while. They didn't have much tag team. Like, in the 80s, tag team was everything, I thought. You know, you had the Hart Foundation, uh, the Killer Bees, uh, yeah, yeah. even the Bushwhackers. They, they were fucking whatever, but it was it was entertaining, you know? Because yeah. they were so nuts. And, like, usually wrestling guys, like, if you go back then, there was wrestlers that looked like us, some of them, you know? Right, right. And you, you, you don't, it's sad that you don't see that anymore, you know? You really don't see that many. Those were the more ones you'd be afraid of because they were like um, unstable working men almost, like the construction mm-hmm. worker that's that 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 had enough, and now he's gonna hex out Jim Duggan your head off, you know? Yeah. I mean? uh, no, it, it was it was uh, it it was amazing. Like when I first started, I remember it was Milt Mascaris and Mascaris whatever, and like all them guys. Uh, I guess that was WWF a long time ago. Then I found. Uh, uh uwf with uh uh yeah. it, it was on like uh it was universal wrestling maybe it was yeah it was on like a channel that you had to get the tv you would turn it on the you whatever that channel was and yeah. then you would go to the little thing and turn it and then you had to bend the antenna just to find get it and that's when i think i seen like uh the rock and roll, like, like stuff like that, the rock and roll express. And some people like on that one, uh, the Garvin's maybe a long time ago. And, and then TBS came out and then like, he didn't all of a sudden they started popping up everywhere and you realize how many great wrestlers are, you know, but yeah. instead of going to one thing, like when WWE bought, uh, WCW, you know, they could have had, like, at the end of the year, everybody wrestle each other from other things. Would have been huge if that continued that way. You have to have competition to have greatness. You sure. you know, because then, you know, Vince would get lazy around there, and it started to fall again. Yeah. And when they when they split it up, like, Raw and SmackDown, that was kind of a real lame era. Beyond yeah. That, yeah, Herb Abrams, I was, a, I think, ran that UWF one. And, yeah, and he had, like, a whole bunch of crazy... I remember he died like they found him dead with like uh, cocaine all over his body with like hookers. Wow, that was like a crazy story. Yeah, that's the way to go, but you know, I mean, fucking, uh, that's like you know, 
Uh, like a great way to go. He, to was, he was covered in, I believe, Vaseline and cocaine. I don't know wow. what that was. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God the hookers were there. That would have been a tough story <laughs> yeah. to fucking explain. You know? Yeah. Uh, you know that's funny. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's it's insane. Like fucking like uh, I remember my neighbor said I forget which wrestler it was, but he had his dog with him, right? Hmm. And what they did was they gave the dog X Lax and then they they put it and locked it in his car. And it's shit all over his fucking car. You know, it, it's like they're so fucking like, you know, the, like that shit will get your ass kicked, you know, doing stuff like that. Yeah. But, they, you know, it, it was a, it was crazy. Like, you know, what are you going to do? You're with people. It's family almost. And you bust balls, you know, when you're off and, you know, you're with them. It's like when the Sheik and Hexoid Jim Duggan got caught on the turnpike, you know, and that was like, oh, my God, you know, it's like that blew the lid off people that kind of thought it was real, you know, that, you know, that might have thought, you know, hey, this is real. Oh, what's going on here? It just ruined everything for me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Duggan was an American hero in his time as well. Mm-hmm. The, the thing with the when, when you talk about Stone Cold and The Rock and in the the, the 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 finish and move thing, I always you know I always think of those two when I think of uh, I'm The Rock took a stunner once and it was so hard like he'd oversell it and I I used to hate that like he'd do yeah. a backflip like he'd take it and do a backflip yeah and just make it all what it, it was just like ah ah like he took away from it you know what I yeah. mean horrifying. No, it was uh it was a it was definitely a, a fun time like you know when you see it like but then you know people uh, the moves are getting more rougher you know to close this and hogan's using the leg drop still <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the funniest thing when you know here comes the leg drop oh yeah that's gonna fucking take somebody out you know yeah it's uh but you'd believe it with hogan because all that massive power coming down on you know mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like WrestleMania three, uh, I watched a little of that again, and that was the that was unbelievable. Like uh, Savage Steamboat, I mean, it was just unbelievable. That was the dance. Like you don't see shit like that. Uh, I I don't think anybody can top that match. Uh, uh, have you seen a match? You guys see a match that was close to topping that? No, no, that's that's. That's kind of golden era type stuff for sure. Like the, the the quality time. That's quality wrestling. You know. What yeah. I mean? And they had like uh, Adrian Adonis, which is just he just got he kept getting fatter and fatter. But it was hilarious because that guy could move. You know, yeah. he could move. He would he would he would be good in the ring. Like uh, and him and Piper had some good matches. You know, there was a lot of. Uh, it was a lot of good shit that went on. It went on for a while. It did go on for a while. Even if it stopped for a while, they would be like, this is, this is where the money is, you know? Let's yeah. get them mad at each other again. Piper was an animal, too, man. He was the best. I gotta, yeah. he, he wrote a book I got to check out. Did, what, didn't Piper start doing comedy in yeah. like the later half of his life? Yeah. How, was, how was he? I don't know. I never seen yeah. him. I got to work with uh, Mick Foley, uh, uh, I'd say a bunch of times it was pretty cool. You know, we, we, uh, you know, like he wouldn't curse. I remember we were in New York City and I go, why don't you do the joke like this? And I say it, he goes, that's a good joke, but I'm not going to use the fuck in it, you know, because he would never <laughs> curse. But he was good. Like I, I remember doing Vegas with him 
And we get there and I'm like, ah, this will be good. You know, Mick will do. And they're like, okay, Mick's going to close. And I'm like, there's no way Mick's following me, you know? And he did, you know? And I, I never forget that because I never thought he could. You know what I mean? I, I, I've been, I'm seasoned in this. You know what I mean? I know what I'm doing and he fucking did it. And I remember like he couldn't move, like his, he's limping and just the, the pain that he went in, it was in like just doing normal things, you know, just trying to, you know, walk and have something to eat. You know, it was yeah. just fucking, it's horrible. I mean, he did what he, you know, he knew what he was doing. He knew this was going to happen, but he loves it so much. You know, some of his matches were like fucking crazy. And ECW when he was there, Oh yeah. you know, it, it's like, you know, he, he looked like the everyday guy, he did. you know what I mean? He was probably the last one that was like, but he's hurting today, you know? Oh yeah. You know, that real fan turn, you know, wrestling type vibe. Mick Foley has like one of the weirdest brands. It's 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 mm-hmm. good, but it's like so weird because he's known for like some of the most violent wrestling of all time. But he writes like children's books now. You know what I mean? Like Mick Foley and Santa Claus Save Christmas type stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, I mean the good thing about him, like you would think, you know, uh, he's crazy. That probably one of the nicest guys I ever met. Just a family guy, you know. Uh, just trying to make money for the family and just, you know, that, that was so, that's so important to him, which is really cool to see because you don't see that, you know, you may not believe or, or, or agree with his politics, you know, cause he does speak it a lot now. But the fact is, is that I got to meet him and I forget that. Yeah. I have to blank that out because I know what a nice guy he is. Yeah. Like some people are like, I can't, I can't, you know what I mean? They're so fucking gone. But you know, he was probably one of the nicest guys I ever met. I met him briefly at a wrestling event at a high school event. He was doing mm-hmm. autograph signings. Yeah. Him coming off the hell in the cell is probably the most violent thing I could think of in wrestling off the top of my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that, that was, that was fucking brutal. I mean, they, like for him to get back in the ring oh, yeah. after, you know, they're trying to get him out of there and he comes back and it's like, but that's legendary in his yeah. mind. He's like, this is going to make me a legend and you have to do it. If you're him, you have to do it no matter how bad you are at that moment, because that's the shit. And it's still, it's goes down in history yeah. as one of the most craziest, violent, unbelievable matches you ever seen. Yeah, legend was born. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it was so funny. I loved the way that you remember when they had the steel cages, like in the eighties. They were those yeah. big metal pipes. Like it was, tops, yeah, yeah. It was so much yeah. different then, you know. And, and like, I didn't get like the star cage shit when they fucking, you know, they did it on the, in the air and all. Yeah. Like that's like now you want to see them kind of wrestle, yeah. you know. You want to see. Uh, you know, because that was kind of weird, like slamming somebody on a on a mesh, you know, like a fence. It was yeah. the bottom. But when like Mick went through that and that, I mean, come on, man, I don't care. A backdrop. Uh, I remember when you had to do back, you know, the back bumps, mm-hmm. you know, you're throwing yourself back when you're doing them by yourself. And 
it, it fucking, if you don't do it right, you know what I mean? You don't tuck your head and that shit. It's fucking, you're in pain. Like all those things to even, to even try to do a front flip, you know, by yourself. You're like, my God, you know, and even to go up on the ring and go, I would go, I'm not coming off of here. It's a lot higher than you think to be yeah. falling. And you see them, you know, even when they come down and they, like, I, who's the guy that does the, the the guy that does the two feet on the chest from the top? Like, uh, he's in the WWE. Uh, uh, that maybe he has an English accent or something like that. He's not huge. Uh, he's some kind of accent. New, new, uh, or uh, no? Um, 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 would it be? Uh, what the fuck's his name? Now I can't think of it. Uh, he has a little bit of a goatee. Uh, I think I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah but he would do the, the two stumps. But to, imagine trying to do the two stumps on somebody and trying not to hurt them and then being able to land. Uh, 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 what's his name? I just fucking, it's something. Oh, God, I just fucking had it again. Uh, I know it's going to come to me. When I, when I think of it, I'll just yell it out. Yeah. I was thinking William Regal, but that's before his time. Yeah, no, it's one of the guys now. He's big too. He's yeah. Finn, 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 uh, Finn, uh, uh, Finley? No, not Finley. Finn, uh, or is it last something Finn? Oh, God. I, yeah. I haven't watched wrestling in a few years, I will say. I will admit. I'm more of like, uh, like around that Stone Cold generation is I dipped off a little bit, but I still like, I got friends that heavily watch it. So I hear about all the new people and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's some good ones, you know, that it's just no stories, you know, it's just nothing compared to what it was. And yeah. Vince looks like shit now. Vince, I, I have a feeling that Vince is going to, like I watch, I watch, listen to him talk, and I go, "He's gonna die soon." There's yeah. something going on, you know. I watched a little bit recently, and I seen him on the mic, and I was like, "Yeah, he looked kind." I hate to say, he looks like how people look when they're in the coffin and they got like they're like they're bloated up a little bit, but not quite. They you know, they get that face bloat type deal yeah. to them, and like that. Unfortunately, you know what I mean, but. He lived a good life. They'll they'll give him the the, the ten gun salute when he goes the ten oh, gun yeah. salute when he goes down. And I watched uh, one of those things about the wrestling, and they said that they were at a strip club, right? And Vince had all the fucking all the wrestlers with him, and he goes, "I want everyone to come up and give me their closing move on the fucking floor." And he <laughs> took everybody's closing move on the fucking floor at a strip club. You see, that's fucking insane. You know what I mean? Because, like, in a DDT, you know, a lot of times your head does hit. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you're supposed to go kind of limp, you know, and let them take you. and guy, But your head hits. And yeah. it, it, it's brutal. It's fucking, you know, a lot of these moves are kind of, uh, you know, especially on a fucking uh, on a cement floor or something like that. Yeah. Like, the we stayed away from doing the pile driver too much because, I, you know, the pile driver with the Boo, I don't know how people don't get paralyzed all the time with the pile driver. Well, that's like devastating. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why they stopped. I think that's the one that they stopped, right? You yeah. couldn't do it they anymore. Have, yeah. Yeah, because there was a lot of fuck ups with that. You know, you, if you, the head's not perfectly, you know, of course it's going to hit. You know, some, even the Undertaker probably fucked it up a few times. I yeah. think he, I, I think I've seen him fuck it up a couple of times because if you slide down, 
you're in a bad thing, you know, and there's nothing, you know, you're going down, you're, you're going head into the ring and it, it gives, but it doesn't give like people think it does, especially, you know, anything around the ends of the ring, it's, it's, it's cement. It's right. like, cause it, it's all the posts there, you know, it's, they were always made out of wood years ago, you know, cause you had that noise. Whenever you heard those big noises, it's all wood, yeah. you know, and some of them have more bend than others, you know, it had maybe, uh, you know, the metal around the outsides and then, but it would, the wood was, it, it gave a little bit of a bounce, but it wasn't a lot of them were not much to, yeah. you know, and it didn't, you know, it, it, you still felt it. Yeah. I believe it's like a thin gym mat with plywood and then there's like a spring, like a, a big spring in the middle, middle. that like gives it a little bit of bounce. Yeah, but, yeah. Even people, people out there, they jump in their bed too hard, they get hurt. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, that that's sad when fucking people fuck themselves up. Of it, you know what I mean? Yeah, everybody yeah. like it's like, you know, you got to know how to do this shit. You know what I mean? Like people would play like that and jump around the house. You fucking realize that you know you don't know how to land. You're too far. You know, if anything off a little bit with anything is going to hurt you in these things. That's why you have to be really good at what you're doing. That's why a lot of wrestlers didn't like to work with certain wrestlers because uh, they were too stiff, as they yeah. call it, you know? But you have to sell it, you know, the right way. Yeah. You got to know what you're doing. And if they don't like you, they're definitely going to hurt you. Oh, yeah. that That's another thing. It's always great when they, you go back and you look at those matches and you go, oh, yeah, they were pissed off and he was just fucking hitting them. And, yeah. and you can see it, like fucking, I think like, uh, not Goldberg, who's, uh, Brock Lesnar was, you know, he'd fuck people up because he didn't know what he was doing really, yeah. you know, with, with punches and that shit. And he's just a huge guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather wrestle, uh, like Ric Flair can, they say he can have a, the greatest match with himself, <laughs> yeah. which was the, the most incredible thing I ever heard about that because he could, you know? Yeah. He knew exactly what he was doing in that ring. Yeah, for sure. I'll give Brock credit too, because Brock is a very intimidating villain. Mm-hmm. Like he is probably one of the most scary dudes of current times because he jumps back and forth and he'll, he'll do the ultimate fighting and then he'll come back and do the, the wrestling. And, you know, if you're willing to you'll get punched in the face, that's a little, that's a little more horrifying. Because some of the wrestlers, you know, you, you know, you, a lot of it's theatrics, you know what I mean? They're not mm-hmm. really tough guys, but when you're willing to jump in and get punched in the face, you kind of like that, that, uh, the violence, if you will. Like, which wrestlers, like, scared you when you were younger? Like, really scared? Like, if you were by the, they came out, you would be scared if you seen them. Oh, I'd say Undertaker, Papa Shango scared me. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see here. You know, I liked um, to go back to managers. Uh, what's his name? Uh, it's killing me. I'm Undertake pa- uh, Paul. Paul uh, Yeah, Paul Barra. I yeah. can't believe I f- spaced on his name. But I love yeah. Paul Bear. He was so creepy, but he's probably one of my faves. Um, Jake the Snake was a little, you know, he was yeah. like a dude that he wasn't like scary, scary like The Undertaker, but he was like a shysty dude. He might be one of the first shysty characters I ever like encountered. You know what I mean? Yeah, like when I was younger, the ones that the missing link was yeah. somebody that was like, oh my god, that would terrify. And Abdullah the Butcher, Abdullah the Butcher is horrifying. He'll carve you up. 
You know what I mean? Like legit, he's scary. He's a scary figure. Uh, even his head was like ripped up. Like he'd cut himself, I think. You know, like yeah. he just as a goof. And what did he have? Like a fork in that shit too. Like fork, yeah. He had a um, he had his own like rib shack too. Like he had a little restaurant somewhere. I remember if you could go there and you could buy um his memorabilia, which was like uh, his matches taped on um like his own personal uh VHS. So okay. like. You'd read every now and then you'd stumble into like in the middle of a match, it would be like Abdullah's like kid's birthday party. And then there would be like, you know, 10 minutes of that. And then it would finish the match or whatever. Um, yeah. Abd- Abdullah's still with us too, I believe, which is kind of a crazy thought. He, I think he, he got in trouble a little while ago. Cause I think he has hep C and fucking really? bladed somebody. Uh, I think he bladed somebody and gave the gift that keeps giving to him or something. Oh, like that. Jeez. That's yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah. I love that. Uh, like, it's so funny when somebody, like a wrestler, like opens up their own business, you know, because you, you don't yeah. expect, you know, like a rib thing. It's like, Oh yeah, go to, you know, I can see him cutting up the ribs. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> What do you think about when they joined politics like Kane and Rhino did? Rhino, I don't know anything about with yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, Kane is like, it's, he's a different person now. Like, I watched that thing when they go searching for uh, things from the past in the WWE to, yeah. to try to get it back from fans and that shit or collectors. And it was amazing to see, like, he's in, in a fucking, you know, and even the Undertaker's going, it's like, I can't believe him, you know, with, like, you're the governor or whatever you are right now, you know? Yeah. But but you can see, you know, that some of these people are just normal. You know, some of them aren't normal, but some of them are, a lot of them are just fucking normal people. Yeah. And people don't, people don't, you know, it's like, it's like a dream. And who else did I, uh, I seen something about, which was, um, oh, the Road Warrior thing. Did you watch that one on that they showed on? On Hawk, uh, on Dark Side of the Ring? Yeah, I just seen that the other night. I was I, like, wow. I don't know if I seen the Road Warrior one. It was good? Oh, it was really good. It was on the other night, and uh, it's just like, these guys were badass. They, yeah. All these guys from Minnesota, they were badass people in real life. And they just got them all together, and or they heard about them, and then, then they put, you know, Animal and Hawk together, and they, like they looked like they were in a gay bar when they first came out with the outfits. Yeah, yeah. It was like brutal. It was like I, I was like I didn't remember that. Like I kind of remember seeing them. Uh, you know, it might have been uh somewhere around 86 88 maybe or something like that uh, but they were like just at the beginning might have yeah. been 90 i don't even know exact time but when you when you seen them you were like this they're, they're, this is something yeah. you know they're scary you know what i mean oh yeah but you never thought they would even lose them i don't right. remember really seeing them lose but i'm sure that they had to lose you know to build shit up yeah yeah, they they would manhandle people. Like when they would they would do the clothesline and they would give and they would, they would give and they're all and then just like knock your head off. That was uh yeah, their big finishing move when they had them they put them up on the shoulders and they do that clothesline, dude. Yeah. They, like almost every time it looked like that person was going to die doing that. Well, yeah, cuz they would uh he would flip them. He he wouldn't just yeah. go back with them. He'd flip them and let them take off when he hit them. Yeah. And it was like, yeah, this is not going to end right all the time. It's something like that. You know, like some, 
uh, like to take like some of the people that took that I thought was able to sell a move incredibly sick was like you know Ric Flair, yeah. Shawn Michaels was able to you know, and and that's what it, it was great watching. Like you never thought Shawn Michaels was going to go that big. Yeah. When you seen when he was with Marty Jannetty, you know, they're like eh, the little guys, you know. And even though he started working out and that shit, but he was good, you know. He 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 got big, but he was still a small guy. Yeah. He, you know, some of these guys aren't weren't big at all. You know, uh, like Chris Benoit was small. Uh, all those guys back then, but he, you know, they go nuts after a while. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. A little bit. That's what they say. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit nuts, you know. The poor Chris Benoit, his his height deficiency that got him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The um, let's hop over into radio. You want to hop over into some radio talk? Sure. Now you, um, I believe you did. You meet Jackie, the joke man, Martling doing. He was doing an open mic. Yeah, he was night. hosting it. Yeah, yeah. And is that I know that when you find when you guys linked up with the Howard Stern show, you started with kind of like uh, song parodies and uh, writing jokes and stuff and sending it in. No, no, no? I, uh, oh, my bad. Yeah, no, I basically uh, uh, we used to listen to Howard, yeah. you know, and we used to hang out at this bar. And my job was to if people came in and we didn't know, I'd bust their balls until they wanted to fight us. Yeah. So uh, my friend goes, you're pretty funny. And we used to listen to Howard all the time. And, and my friend goes, you should try comedy. Jackie's got the open mic there. So I started there. And then like the second show, I, I fucking died horribly. And he just yeah. said at the end, how about a hand for the reverend? And that stuck. But then when Howard had, Howard had the meanest listener contest, you know, and I was on once because he heard about the ass eating thing on stage. And yeah. uh, I just did a call. And then that contest happened. And I would just roast. I would send in, you know, tapes of roast. I'd go across the street to my neighbor. He had a taping thing. And we would just, I'd sit there just going, oh, fucking Howard or no Robin, you know, and I'd just tape it and send it in. And, like, yeah, I, I was only supposed to send in one, but I sent in, like, three or four on different people. Then the contest came, and I ended up winning that contest, the meanest listener uh, contest. And that, that was, like, the start of me sitting in like every you know two two months three months and then then it came you know other things came up that i was able to do and send bits and like i was a team player you know you want to you want to the more you can do the more you'll get on yeah and and it was your favorite show and it's like it was it was an amazing 10 what eight years eight year run yeah so you can't complain and i i did miserable men from that uh we did that show on Howard 101. That was like, we went from one hour to four hours every Sunday. And we still do Miserable Men now. Yeah. We, we we got it back on Patreon and we're having fun with that, you know. But it was like, it was a, it was, it was a time where almost anything went. You know, you can do almost anything except uh, violence. That was the only rule, uh, yeah. you know, because every people got heated. People got heated. So they just made it like that. And Artie, you know, he comes sometimes threw shit at people and chased them. But, you know, <laughs> thank God nothing happened. You know, but, you know, it was a crazy time. And I was started 
like with Kid Chris at the same time, he was on regular radio and we were having a ball. Like it was just like uh, mornings with him, afternoons, uh, it was mornings with Howard, afternoons with Kid Chris. And it was just, I learned everything about rest, uh, wrestling, <laughs> about, <laughs> about radio from them. Yeah. You know, I learned a lot, a lot more probably from Kid Chris because he got it. He would go with the wrestling angles. You know, he would say it's like wrestling. Like we had a crippled guy, Brad the Cripple. Yeah. We didn't want people to feel bad for him. So we made him into, we would write lines where when we go into Philadelphia, he's attacking all the fat women in Philadelphia, all the pigs. And they fucking hated him. I remember in San Antonio, we we came on stage. We had to carry his wheelchair up. It was really heavy. We get up there. They're just throwing fucking beers at, at him, you know, in the cups and the shit all over the place. That's how much we, you know, because that's what you learn from Chris. He's a, a, a genius at wrestling, too, because he loves it. He did wrestling, too. Yeah. But he, 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 knew, he knew everything about wrestling, angles, and and we would just sit there writing. Like, I'd sit there when the show is live, and I'm writing, okay, do you have a guest? Have fucking Brad call in with some lines to attack a guest or some, And just, and, and it was like, it was, and that was back in, what, 2002, you know? And we, he just knew what he was doing. He knew how to do fucking great radio on regular radio, which I love because it's different. You have to... You have to tell more of a story, you know, reg- uh, on when you can curse and all that shit. It's brutal. It's like, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. You have to tell people when it's clean why he's a piece of shit, why you don't like them, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it tells a better story. That's why I kind of like that better. Yeah, you're on some legendary. Opie and Anthony, of course, that was huge around here in the Boston area. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I wasn't allowed to come in, really. I was like, I had, and then, like, now I'm on Kumi all the time on uh, Compound Media. And when you work with him, it's just so, you know, it's like every time it's going to be great. It's not going to be good. It's going to be great. Because when you, when you work with, when you're on there with somebody like him, it's easy. It's easier. And you should be able to take it higher than what you can normally do with anyone else sure. and that's like with kevin brennan when i work with him it's the same thing because i you got to understand these people you got to understand how how brilliant they are and what you know you can just throw them a little thing and they'll run with it you know and they know yeah. the same thing they can say anything and you can run with it yeah so it's a it's a great you know thing it, uh, compound media is like really something that is amazing at this time. Yeah, we need it. We need sure. it. We definitely do for sure. Mm-hmm. I had a question about the blue cheese bit, of course, yeah. legendary. Um, now it became requested. I'm sure when when people didn't get it, they became very disappointed, like they were gypped. Um, did you yeah. ever run across an ash you didn't like, uh, in the sense of like, how, were they handpicked ahead of time or just no. randomly out of the audience? Yeah, they were, uh, basically we'd, we'd ask some, you know, volunteers, we explain what was happening and they yeah. came up. I mean, I had, you know, I, mostly they were hot. Okay. They were hot. And I, I once had a mother and daughter and the husband was there 
uh, I was going to retire it after that night. <laughs> I, I, I also, I remember being upstate New York. We asked for somebody and somebody stood up and I seen a shadow on the wall and I see this fucking thing. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and then everyone's yelling. You got, and I was like, I had to do it, but that wasn't even the worst one. The worst one was in Pennsylvania. Uh, this girl came in late. She must have took a shit and walked up a hill to get there. <laughs> and she came and it just stunk. And I was like, I, it was bad. You know, I only threw up one time. I threw yeah. up, I think it was when it was in Ohio. This girl came up. She had looked down at her fucking, her, her pussy lips were just like, it, it looked like, it, it looked like a stingray. You know what I mean? <laughs> Two stingrays like stuck together and it was just hanging. And I, it, it's probably, you can get it on the internet probably unless they took it down, but, yeah, yeah. but it was, it was like, uh, I, I was sick to my stomach from that. Like in Beetlejuice one time, we had a girl in, uh, Philadelphia and she, she had a tampon hanging out and you, and you see the string and, and Beetlejuice goes, look, a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was like, it, it was just like, if I ever brought it back now, it would be the biggest thing and the worst thing in the world because people would boycott. I don't know. I don't know what to make. What would happen these days? Yeah, but it, it was fun. It was. It was something. They got a great comedy show, and then they got something that they'll never see ever again on stage. Yeah, you know the Killers of the Co- of Comedy Tour. Uh, those shows were uh, bananas. I didn't get get out. I didn't see any of them, but. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to work with, uh, you know, Florentine, Sal, yeah. Richie, and all them, and uh, some of the Whack Packers, like Beetle would be there, yeah. uh, Bigfoot. Um, you know, how, you know, the Whack Packers there, when they're, they're pretty, I assume that they're like, they're, they don't play it up. And it's almost with the Iron Sheik. Like, a question with the Iron Sheik is like, is he always Iron Sheik or is like behind closed doors? Is Iron Sheik and some of the you know the Whack Packers they they're more mellow I assume and not so crazy. Well, the Iron Sheik is uh, he's like more well, he goes he goes uh, Mister Levy you tell me when and I do you know he like he goes I I you know you just let me know when to and we just get him going he go into character and it was amazing man uh, somebody in Pittsburgh he went by the stage and somebody scooped his leg out from under him and he fell and we tried to grab the guy he started going through the like get and the fucking beating the fuck out of him on the way out you know yeah. as the guy's trying to escape but like Beetlejuice was calm only in, until he started drinking yeah and then it was like sometime it was so out of control he would want to walk home from Los Angeles like I'm walking home yeah and like it was it was work but you know what I mean it was fun it it was you look back at it like Gary the retard was always just happy you know what I mean and uh, you know like Gary would do some of the Portland Seattle ones but Beetle would do almost all of them you know yeah and he 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 had a fun time he really enjoyed and uh, the people loved to see him you know but they tried to get him fucked up and I had to watch and make sure that they didn't they would give him a big thing of whiskey and I'm like. You know, I had to knock it down and Beatles yelling at me. And I'm like, you can't give him this. He's going to look at the size of him, you know, but he liked to smoke weed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. He's some of him and Hank, the angry dwarf is some legendary stuff. 
them going back and forth. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever people get a little drunk, hit you get violent. When you get drunk, you start punching people. So it always made me laugh. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I never got to meet Hank. You know, Hank yeah. was just before my time in that shit. But like we had, we had so much fun on the road. You know, but it really wasn't. It wasn't really a comedy show, like, yeah. you know, because we didn't always have Florentine on it. So we didn't have like, you know, you had people that weren't really comedians. I think me and Shuli were basically on the, the only comedian. Sal was really new. Richard, you know, was really, you know, new. Uh, and, and the rest were whack packers. So it was like Shuli at the beginning, me at the end, you know. Yeah. And, and Yucco would do really good a lot of times. But, you know, they, people loved Yucco. And even yeah. though he he was just you, uh, when I first uh, I didn't know what to make. I thought he was just uh, I thought he was going to be the biggest asshole you ever met. He was yeah. the sweetest guy in the world. Off without you know what I mean. Without the makeup, yeah. Even with the makeup, but backstage, just yeah. like uh, the way he did the character was like fucking uh, incredible. I remember we he was doing a show on MTV, and I was the right I was a writer, so I would. I would come up with shit, go that person there, go say this, say this, say this. And then he'd fucking go in just attack with all the shit that we all had. Yeah. And, and then at the, we'd have them sign a clearance to be on the show before we did it because there was people chasing people trying to rip up the contracts, you know, Yeah, yeah. it was, it was brutal. And, uh, you know, to think that that shit would never be on TV today. Oh, I know he wasn't a part of the shows, but Elegant Elliot often. What is he still around? Whatever mm-hmm. happened with him? Well, he he's still around the city, running around and that, doing that, and uh, he likes to jog in his outfits or whatever. But he he got banned from the show yeah. uh, because he 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 started punching a wall. He punched a hole in a wall. And he threatened, so you can't threaten people. I found that out I heard too. About that, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, so you know, you can't really threaten people. But you know, it's like sometimes you try to get your, you know, because uh, nobody pays attention when you can I saw, you know what I mean, over something bad. Yeah. You got to fucking make a little bit of a scene. And I didn't know it was that soft up there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I kind of got, uh, I, you know, I, I just wanted to leave at that point and. They didn't want me to leave, and they fucking did everything to get me banned from the thing, saying I attacked security. I never attacked security, so it got me really mad. I was on fucking a lot of Xanax at that moment, you know, that for the years after too, before I got off it. And it, it just takes you you don't you don't have a mood in the middle. Yeah. It's either happy, really yeah. happy, or really fucking somebody's dying, and it's a horrible <laughs> yeah. thing, really. All those kind of pills that do stuff like that to you. It's horrible, you know. So I had to deal with, you know, the fucking NYPD blue coming to my house and all that shit. The FBI involved, and but you know, it's, uh, I, I just explained myself what happened. And they said at the end that you know, if you don't hear from us, that's a good thing. And I, I haven't heard from them. So, and uh, you know, now I'm off Xanax, and I, 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 uh, I think. Uh, I use a little bit of weed a lot now for pain and that. But the whole thing is, is that it makes you think before you react. And I think if everybody smoked weed, there'd be no crime in the world. I agree with that. I agree. Like I told you in the beginning, we're kind of film people. Um, I was curious about your involvement Mm -hmm. in Stood Up, writing an actor. You know what I mean? How How did that come about? 
You know, some they just, I knew a guy that, you know, he was friends with my friend Joe Conte and he, he wrote porn. And, you know, anything, you know, involved with the Howard Stern show, and of course these people are going to come up yeah. and try to, you know. And I was like, okay, we can write one. It was pretty funny, you know, if you look at it. And my acting was horrible, but uh, but it, it was fun, you know. It was yeah. actually fun to to do it. And it was like, you know, we finally probably wrote it in like three days, but we were up for an award. We didn't get the award. Uh, for like best comedy porn or something like that, yeah. and uh, but it was fun. Like I, I did some independent things. That it, you know, it was just like hard. When I look back at it, I'm like, I, I was, you know, I can act better now than I was able to then because I didn't care. Like you know, they, I, they only wanted me in there for a reason. You know, because yeah. I was on the Stern show. You know, it's because it gets the a little bit more of a push and and it gives howard something to talk about yeah. uh, it's like you know it, it's funny like sometimes you would you know you do fucked up shit like on the road you'd go a little extra because you knew it would give them great material you know to go after and that's why he kind of liked us going on the road but then he didn't like us going on the road so it was a little of uh back and forth with that but it did bring you know great stories and we got you know, we got a lot of tape on Beetlejuice, and we have uh, on YouTube. It's what is it? The Killers of Comedy on the Road, which is pretty pretty good. The the promoter just died recently, which is weird. Yeah. You know, he was young. Uh, sort of, you know, that sucks. Um, what was I going to say about um, Rest in Peace, the promoter? What was I talking about? I. Uh, I brain farted. Hey man, um, that's all right. That happens all the time. Weed'll do that to you, you know, brother. Yeah. Oh, the, <laughs> the um, we're talking about um with the with the with the porno film. What the, what's the actual format? I mean, it's like a thirty page, pretty much a treatment when you write a porn, or is it, you know, you leave out the action. What's go? What's that? <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. You basically wrote, you know, you you wrote the characters you had and then they would come you know this goes in walk into the room or this one will be sitting next to you you write the lines and that shit and and just go from there and it was like you know you filmed a little bit each day and by the time you know you kind of knew the lines after a little while like i i'm not one to fucking sit there and go over lines at home you know so i kind of learned uh you know i got them in my head a little bit and i was like all right let's go to this part and then we'll stop you know because I can get that. But it, it, it was it was weird. But and then the, the sex scenes were like an hour, and like you're sitting around, you know. It's like fuck, I don't want to be here all fucking day. Yeah, yeah. And but it, it's weird. It, they would go on and on, and back in you, you just sitting there watching like a creep, and then you'd have lunch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The fluffer system. You know I mean? Yeah, I didn't really see a fluffer. I I don't. Re- well, they had some, you know, there and that. It was it was like there's such different levels in like porn girls, you know. Like uh, the, you see some, and you're like, "Fucking, I'm hotter than her," you know. Yeah. And she's like, "I'm a porn star." Okay, okay, <laughs> whatever, you know. But it was like you know, most of them were real nice, you know, which was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's. Like anything, you know what I mean? You're trying to have fun and do the do the best thing and get the best product you can, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Is there any talks for a rematch with uh, Bonaduce? Yeah, he's almost dead now. Put him in the dirt. Yeah. Did you see him? He's got a cane in that. Uh, he's got a cane old. now, dude. He's got something that uh, I think he's got MS or something. Oh, like he fucking lost all this weight. He's got a cane. I mean, I feel bad for him. You know, even though he's fucking, you know, It'd be a charity boxing event then. And that's what the other one was supposed to be, but it was yeah. like fucking like I was set up. But well, it's okay. You know what I mean? It's like. Hey, he's got MS, and I'm fucking living life right now, you know? So. Who really won is what we're trying to say. You know what I mean? Well, you know, w- without thinking what would happen, you know, that day, if it wasn't like uh, I thought it was going to go a different thing and it was going to be an angle, and it wasn't. I was, uh, I, I fell for it, and I'm the idiot. So, you I know, that, I got hit. I think that Danny, especially at that time, I think there was a lot of, I think he had a lot of rage within him because, you know, being the butt of the joke and the Partridge family deal and being kind mm-hmm. of a child star. So I think that, you know, I don't know where your head was at, but you were probably going into it having fun. And he was probably like, I'm yeah. going to try and kill this person for everybody that ever talked shit about me. Well, yeah, know. that's basically what, uh, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> by the time I realized it was kind of, it was kind of too late, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's okay. You know, that, uh, you learn, you learn from your mistakes, but you know, uh, the, you know, it's like, you know, life got him. Yeah. You can't go around fucking being a fucking liar and that shit. God watches you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We want to br- talk about the Blunt movie real quick. Oh, yeah. Because uh, my friend over here, Alexander Hawk, just returned from Texas, was shooting a movie with Angie Everhart. Yeah. And uh, she was. Nice. Yeah, she was great to work with. Uh, we did a um, medieval horror movie down in Texas called Devil's Night. She mm-hmm. played one of the lead characters. It was great working with her. She's a she's a sh- sweetheart. Really? Uh, how, how old is she now? Um, I don't know. Um, I'm thinking probably late forties. Is she still hot? I I think she is. <laughs> good, good. I think she was. Wasn't she the inspiration for the girl in Private Parts in the the bathroom like bathtub scene with Howard and uh, mm. Fred? I don't For know some reason, that. I wanted to think that the, she was like the the inspiration. She didn't p- play it in the film, but she was like the, that story was involving oh, wow. her. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, well, Bob, this was fantastic. We usually close out the episode with one question. Yeah. Like I said before, we have a lot of entertainers and such on the show. We try to give a nice heartfelt ending and we go you know would you have any advice for anybody out there comedian actor director author what have you that uh, is out there plugging away and uh maybe they're going through a tough time or a slump or what 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 have you uh do you have any advice that you would give to anybody uh, in your in your life uh that would kind of cover that well the first thing is you know you, you, when things are going good you're going to have a lot of friends and then when things are going bad, you, 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 your phone isn't going to ring that much. And you can't take it personal. You have to realize that this is business. And, uh, and, and, and it, it's just not, you know, you'll find good friends in here, but most people are just out for themselves. So you have to keep that. And you, you're going to, you're going to go up and down. It's just, it's, it's a weird business. And, the business changes a lot and you're always going, Oh my God, like what is going on? I can't figure out what do I have to do 
to get back to where I was. And you're trying to figure it out because it's a different game all the time. You know, when I was out from the car accident for a while, I mean, when I come back now, you know, after the COVID, I'm like, wow. I mean, I'm I'm still trying to figure this out. I was talking to a comedian last night about it. And I was like, it used to be pretty easy. But like the business gets fucked up because comedians will take less money and they fuck it up for other people. Because there's so many comedians. Anybody can be a comedian. You know what I mean? Anyone can say they're an actor, you know? And it just fucks it up for everybody. You just got to put out the best product and hopefully somebody will notice it, you know? And just be good to people. And somebody will come around sooner or later again, you know? But you you can't. This is your dream, you know what I mean? This is what you wanted to do from the beginning. So why, you know, if you got to get, you got to get knocked down to get back up. You have to, you have to have that feeling of getting fucking the shit beat out of you to be able to come back and go, you know, I'm never going to go back to where I was. I remember how bad that was and I'm going to get, I'm never going to have that happen again. It's the best thing to do. That's great advice, Joe. Um, Leave you land live. Yeah, Tuesdays at 7. You and Shirley still doing the BS show? No, we kind of stopped that now because uh, we're going to try to get the Miserable Man. We're going to put more shows on it and like spinoffs like that on there, on Patreon, Miserable Men show. And then I do a show called uh, Comics on Cannabis. And that's taken off, and that was pretty new when I, when I stepped in. We're having fun with that. That's on YouTube, so that's free. That's on, like, uh, I guess all, all the platforms. Like, like Leave Your Lands only on YouTube, and, you know, and, uh, and we're starting to put some clips of the Miserable Men show up, you know, telling a little bit of the story with Lenny when he came on and ate his come to be part of the show. And it's just like, it's weird. We should have Alex should have done that to be a part of this. Show. <laughs> well, every, everybody go out there and support Bob for sure. This is a lot of fun. We'd love to have you on the show again in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. You know I mean? Thank you for your time and uh, have a great do- day over there, man. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon. See you soon. You got Bye. It. Bye. 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 Cobains. Yeah, heck yeah. So that was the great Bob Levy killing it on the uh, the Boombasticast episode. You know, it was a great honor and a pleasure to have Bob on the show because, you know, as far back as I can remember in my, you know, early, early teen years, maybe even a little earlier, you know what I mean? Like the Howard Stern show, Opie and Anthony, these shows, without those shows, I wouldn't be doing what we're doing at least i alex would be here by himself you know what i mean like if it wasn't for those radio shows i wouldn't uh, be here i always find myself uh find myself wondering what would have happened if if my pal Matt never got the bug if if he never decided to go down that primrose path down uh, to uh down to the entertainment uh, mecca which is you know Podcasting, right? That's true. And, and and all the other good things. I I wouldn't have a great friend, and we wouldn't have these great shows. Believe that, and we wouldn't have Bob Levy on the show. You okay. know, Bob was great on our show. He was great on all those shows. 
You know, his stand-up's really funny. I, you got to give kudos to Bob because he's, we always talk about comedians that kind of push the envelope and aren't afraid to kind of get edgy and do shit that other people wouldn't do. And Bob is one of those dudes that we give him mucho respect. Um, and uh, hell yeah, that was a really great episode. I know the Hawkman will complain that he didn't get to say much. We kind of cruise. We did a little cruise. But uh, is there anything that you want to ask I mean, that we as, didn't get to? As I said before on, on different things, is that when 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 we're on a roll, even if it's it's mainly Matt just talking and I'm just there listening, I mean, the thing is, it's all about, you know, I mean, I, I jump in when I think I need to jump in. Yeah. And uh, a lot of times it's just, it's a lot of fun for me to sit back and listen because... I mean, I don't know that much about Bob myself because, I mean, unlike Matt, I never really followed the Howard Stern show. Uh, Yes, I know. Saying that is hurting my friend, and he's going to go to to bed and cry about that. But I didn't. But, I mean, I ended up, I mean, heck, the whole wrestling aspect, I mean, I didn't know about his uh, connection with wrestling. And... We ended up learning a lot about the wrestling aspect that uh, and stories about that that I didn't think we would be talking about, which is what this entire thing is about, is talking about things going down paths that we don't necessarily know that we're going to go down and find new interesting things that way. I must blame Wikipedia for giving me bad research. When the Wikipedia told me that he was he was in the wrestling business before comedy, and uh, kind of fucked me up a little bit in there, but it's okay. Wikipedia, hey, we, I, we will let you exist. Can, we still. we are only human. I mean, we we try to do our research, but um, occasionally we don't always get the best um, information. But uh, that's okay. It happens, and we roll with the punches, and we uh, we keep going on from there. That was legendary. Uh, we'll have Bob on again in the future. Heck yeah. Uh, I think he had fun, and we had fun. And when everybody has fun, there's big returns. You know what I mean? Booyakasha. If you enjoyed this, oh, I do want to say well, I, I discovered something recently that I wanted to bring up. Um, Patrick Kilpatrick episode. Um, I, um, I said something in that. That I said, um, you know, weren't you, didn't you play two parts in the Toxic Avenger? And he said, no, I only played one. And I went to go see the Toxic Avenger two weeks ago before Hawkman left for Texas, all right? <laughs> in the theater on 35 millimeter print with Lloyd Kaufman in attendance. Uh, we'll get Lloyd on the show in the future. And damn it, he does play two characters in the film. So he didn't even know it. Nothing about love for fucking Patrick, but he forgot his own deal. Um, I just want to make mention of that because I remember in that interview when he goes, when I asked him, he said, no, I felt like a big fucking dummy. So I was right. And Patrick, you were wrong. You know what I mean? I know you watch the show, so don't be too upset. Don't beat me up. You are a tough guy. You're a fucking animal. I wouldn't want to fuck with you like that. You're a good dude. The documentary is still going on with us. Anybody that doesn't think Patrick Kilpatrick is hard to the fucking core on his Instagram, there was a picture of him throwing himself into a fucking ditch 
uh, I wouldn't do that. He did it. He's got more more balls and backbone than Matty Fisher, I guess. But you all knew that already. So with that being said, you know, if you like this, check out more episodes. Either, you know, we're streaming anywhere you listen to podcasts. You also get the video interview of this. So just keep in mind that there's a, whenever you see this video, which I highly recommend, I'd rather watch a video audio instead of just an audio, but there is audio uh, episodes on all platforms, which is extended in different cuts of interviews as well as we do uh, like almost weekly. We're like a weekly show. So you can catch us talking about uh, whatever solo without a guest, which maybe you don't like that, but you'll never know unless you try it out. So check that out. And uh, if you're looking to support uh, a little financially, we have the Boombastic streaming page on Patreon. I was uh, somebody reached out to me uh, recently and said, dang, I want to see DJ Stan the Man. Is, is it streaming anywhere or how do I buy it? And I said, well, you can get the hard copy from us. Or if you join up with Boombastic Streaming on the Patreon service, uh, I think the second tier gets you all the films for free. First tier gets you everything, you know, podcasts for free and advanced stuff and all these cool perks. A lot of cool perks that I don't want to sell it too much. In case you don't give a fuck from the get-go, I'm just wasting valuable breath and words that I could be saving my life with later before I go out. Um, Then, you know, go check out that stuff and support. We appreciate everybody who supports. And we do appreciate those who support financially a little bit more than we appreciate everybody else. So let that be known if you're looking to give yourself the extra pat on the back this holiday season. Check out Boombastic Streaming on Patreon. Um, again, this was a banger of an episode, uh, Bob Levy again, but mucho gracias for coming on You're a legend. And we got nothing but love and respect for you. And we'll catch everybody on the next episode of the boom cast. Peace.